I'm Bianca Mattison Amos, the host of the Once Broken podcast, where we share inspirational stories of overcoming brokenness and finding healing and redemption. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at Once Broken Podcast and on Twitter at Once Broken Pod. Get ready for some candid conversations, real talk, and a whole lot of fun. The, the hypocrisy of people who preach karma, uh, karma, you keep putting this negative energy out into this universe, whether you believe in God, whether you believe in Buddha, uh, whatever force that you believe in, you know, you, you also got to come together with the logic of energy. When you put it out there in the, in the world, there's a high probability that that negative energy is going to come back to you. Yes, that was a snippet coming up from this new show that we have. The Dingo Ate Your Baby. Yes, folks, the state of our culture, the state of America is in turmoil. Let's get into the podcast. But before we do, I want to thank Miss Bianca for dropping that intro. And also, please check out these other podcasters. Show them some love and tell them Miss Talks Podcast sent you. Let's go. Hey guys, my name is Shanina Lacia. I am an educator. I'm a mom. I'm a wife. I'm the host of the Reaching While Teaching podcast. And now I just earned a new title. I am an author. I just wrote my first book and it's called Reaching While Teaching, an educator's guide to impacting and transforming lives. It is now available on Amazon, Kobo, Google Playbooks, and also on my website, www.shaninealacia.com. This is the perfect book for educators to feel encouraged, empowered, and motivated to go out and make long-lasting impacts in the lives of the students that they serve. It's filled with practical advice and personal stories that are relatable to anyone. Be sure to get your copy today. You won't be disappointed. What's good? This your boy, KSAP, the man behind the mic of the Simply Ball Dropping Podcast. Come join me and my guests as we talk about sports entrepreneurship, small businesses, current events, and much more. You can catch the Simply Ball Dropping Podcast on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and iHeartRadio, also Apple Podcasts. And remember, I drop the ball, you drop the ball, we drop the ball together. Simply Ball Dropping. My name is Tiffany Harris, and I am a blogger, poet, and author of two books. Do You Know Who You Are details the results of months spent researching my roots. Inspired by rumors of my paternal grandfather's place of birth, I started my journey to self-discovery. Through genetic testing and access to my family tree online, I discovered more about myself and my history than I was ready to learn. Seed of My Father, my second book, tells the story of my life, struggle, and survival. Through poverty, rejection, racism, and black-on-black bigotry, I faced it all. For more information on where to purchase your copies of my books, follow me on Instagram at writer underscore TT. 
Hello, beautiful people. My name is Kaya, and I am the host of Eyes Wide Open Podcast. If you're looking for a podcast that will enlighten your mind, offer healing resources, or bring you some spiritual testimony, then you need to check out Eyes Wide Open Podcast. It's available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and Anchor. New episodes drop every Wednesday. Come with me and get your weekly fix. And without further ado, you are now tuned into the Miss Talks Podcast with Angel and Walter Luray. Enjoy. You're listening to Miss Talks Podcast. May I speak sincerely with your hosts, Angel and Walter LaRay. Real talk, real people, sincere conversations. Let's get into the podcast. Welcome back, beautiful people. Hey, you know what this is. Do you? You turned us on. We in your ear. You know what it is. This is Miss Talks Podcast. May I speak sincerely with your host, Angel and Walter LeRae. I am the poet, Walter LeRae, and that is my dope co-host. Angel. How you doing, Mr. Angel? What's good with you? Man, I'm good, dude. Working through some things, but, uh, you know, it's a process, man. You got to keep the positive. There has to be a balance. You know, despite everything that's going on, just finding uh, moments to add positivity, you know, so everything else can be digested with a balance. Right. Well, you know, it's it's very important to ask a person how they're doing in this state that we're in. I mean, we go oh, yeah. bad 19 and then it goes over to, you know, these these uh, atrocities to black people that we are. We have been enduring for a long, long time. And it's been a powder keg and, and, you know, it's about well, to, it's going a little bit south on certain places and certain, you know, aspects of it. Um, yeah. But let's, let's get into this, man. Cause I, I really want the listeners to, uh, to know, you know, that, you know, we, we have our ear to the streets as well. We know what, what's going on and it's, it's real. It's a serious situation. It's a somber situation, but nevertheless, it is a situation. Facts, man. It is a situation. And, um, you know, that, that's just the, um, I think the undertone is that people really miss, you know, cause it's one thing to not have that experience because it's not your life. But when you weigh in heavily with an opinion, as if you are the subject matter expert, but you don't live in those or walk in those shoes, so to speak. It, that that just bothers me, you know, that so many people have a, a very heavy opin- opinion, you know, for the for the majority of people, their greatest fear at this point in time is COVID-19. You know, we as a culture, we couldn't even process that. Now, on top of that, we got, you know, Ahmaud, uh, Ahmaud Arbery. We have George uh, Floyd. You know, it, it's just like it's a continuing um, cycle of trauma. And and it's like everyone has an opinion about it, but your opinion doesn't weigh much because you don't walk in these shoes. So it it, it just it, you no no matter how you try to sugarcoat it, it comes down to a little bit of insensitivity. I, I agree with you. Uh, it's very insensitive, um, and that's why I'm very careful 
how I speak about it. Angel and I had the the pleasure of being invited on uh, a, a black panel podcast of very, very intelligent people, very dope people. We appreciate uh, Miss Kayla. Kayla got uh, Kayla got the four one one. Shout out to her because she allowed us to be uh, guests on that on, on that particular panel. Yep. Uh, because we, you know, it, it was uh, entitled "We Got Something to Say," mm-hmm. and you know, I, I was thinking about it. I was like, "Wow, you know, it was it was really good to, you know, to be on there, and it's you know, it's it's really good to express uh, yourself, but it was also good to listen to other people dealing with this." Uh, I kind of got the feel that we're tired of being a social experiment for the world as black people. Mm. Mm. And I, and I, I was thinking yeah. about it and I was like, and, and it came to me the, the last night. I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to call my brother. We're going to do a show. Cause I had a couple of things that I wanted to do, but you know, this show is roughly entitled the dingo ate your baby. <laughs> and a lot of people understand that came from Seinfeld. You know what I'm saying? Right. Without, uh, Poor baby. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the dingo ate your baby. <laughs> what? The dingo ate your baby. It's funny in that setting, but mm-hmm. I thought about it last night. You know, mm-hmm. I have the poem, What Would They Tell My Mother? Right. And I thought about, because, you know, the Dingo Ate Your Baby is actually based off of a real story. This actually mm-hmm. happened in Australia. Mm-hmm. And I felt like every black woman in the world, every black mother in the world is dealing with the Dingo Ate Your Baby because their sons, black sons, have been killed by police officers, white police officers. Or white men. Mm-hmm. So I right. roughly entitled this episode, The Dingo Ate Yo Baby. And let's not forget black fathers are feeling that trauma as well. You know, it's, it's affecting the entire family. I haven't got there. I, 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 yep. I never forget Brothers, black fathers. Sisters, because siblings. We're all, yeah. we all connected. Yes, sir. You know, but as a woman... The women who give birth, who carries the child for nine months, if they carry the child for turn, and they give birth to this child, mm-hmm. it has to be horrifying when somebody comes to you and tells you that the dingo ate your baby. I, as a I father, mean, and you as a father, we take that on as a different, a different situation a different point of view. Pain is pain. Nobody can measure your pain and nobody can, 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 can take your pain away. Nobody can tell you that your pain is lesser than the mother as by you being a father. Nobody can tell you that your pain is more because pain is pain. Right. right. But I'm trying to paint a picture. Especially when it, especially when it's tied to something that could have been avoided. There you go, sir. And that's why I roughly entitled this episode, the dingo. Hey, your baby. Because that's horrifying yeah. if you think about it. Well, you know, um, 
you and I suffered a, um, a traumatic experience growing up. Our older brother uh, was jumped. And, um, you know, he, he uh, we was in a, a East Texas town and uh, I believe it was after a football game or whatnot, he was walking home by himself and, you know, a, a group of white boys, um, Caucasian males, however you want to put it, uh, they decided they was going to drive around town and look for, you know, some black boys to jump on. Um, unfortunately, CJ was the, was the target that night and uh, he was coming out of a convenience store and, and where the, the boys pulled up and they jumped on him. Um, you know, thank God it did not end with him losing his life, but he, he was put in a hospital. Um, but I remember the feeling that I had in that moment about, you know, th- there was a lot of things that were going through my mind because I was really young when that happened. But, you know, the process of fear, you know, always worrying about my older brothers when they leave the house, always worrying about when you late coming home, you know, always worrying about, um, is this the last time I'm going to say, you know, goodbye or good morning or whatnot. And, 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 you know, that stands out to me right now. Cause I'm thinking, dude, as a kid, I shouldn't have those concerns. I shouldn't have to worry if my big brothers are going to come home or not. Yeah. You, you never should. And that's why, you know, no one should. No one should. No. Look, man, little no. Timmy, little Timmy, if look, look, little Timmy, if something happens to little Timmy, no white woman is is concerned about what's going to happen to her son if her son goes out there. At the at best or at worst, a DWI, DUI, or killing someone or being killed by drinking and driving. But you're driving while you're black or you're walking while you're black or you're a BMW, a black man walking or a black man jogging. That seems to come with a death sentence. Uh, yeah. And I've, yeah. I've fought my emotions hard enough to say, look, let me speak intelligently to my listeners. Mm-hmm. Let me speak without emotions, without curse words to advocate this situation to let you know how painful it is to deal with this, you know, because I love who I am. I'm a black man. I've always been black and I love, I'm a chocolate brother too. So I love Mm -hmm. my melanin. It's nothing wrong with it. I love my black people. I love my black culture. It's nothing wrong with it. I love all people because I respect all people. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just this who we, it's just who I am. You know what I mean? But that fear that you speak of and I'm, I'm in my forties. I can date myself, but we've been dealing with this for a long time. And this situation that happened to our older brother was when we were young, we were young, young kids, young teenagers that had experienced this. Because Mm -hmm. some other race of people felt like they had the right to bother someone else. Which, you know, I have to say something to the white people or the white boys. Mm -hmm. You're so so much of a coward. You're so coward. You're so cowardly. Because you always seem to have that liquid courage when you have the numbers. 
But when you're outnumbered, you don't. See, this is why I don't let a white man put his hand on my shoulder because it's too close to my head. You understand what I'm saying? I'm trying to tell you the symmetry of light. When I speak to you, I speak to you with eye contact. I don't drop my head. I don't slouch my shoulders, slouch my shoulders. I don't hunch over. I don't capitulate to who you are as a person because I know who I am as a man. I stand on my square and I'm ready to defend it at all costs. That does not mean that I have to berate you belligerently with curse words, with negativity to get my point across. Because y'all do know the very second that a black man speaks up, they have this, that we're crying effect. And I do not cry when I speak. I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry that my voice has the power of the gods. The thunder in my voice, the boom, who I am as a man. That's just who I am as a man. To change that tone would be uncivilized. See, when you realize who you are, then you understand the nature of the game. And that's why I always tell you, hey, baby brother, I love you, man. Because I don't know when I'm going to be called home. But every man should have his opportunity and woman should have their opportunity and child should have their opportunity to live their lives at peace. Uh, man, I, I, I couldn't agree with that more. Uh, right on point. But, you know, dude, um, you said something, dude, that just hit me in my heart. You know, alterations. And, and that's that's what it's like to be black in this country, you're constantly in a, in a position of alteration, a status of alteration. It's like the mindset that has been put forth is that we have to go out of our way to alter who we are, to make other people comfortable. But the same people we're making comfortable are the ones that is creating the havoc and stress for us. And Like, I'm just amazed. I'm amazed at how much that mindset has been embedded. I remember being in school and and coach took me out. And I was like, coach, I'm I'm hot. Why you take me out? He's like, because you're dominating them, son. They're not ready for you. You, You're going to break their spirit. So I'm like, yo, so I got to sit on the sideline to make it easier. Mm -hmm. But then... Fast forward that mm-hmm. something unfair happens to me. Oh, well, you got to take it with a grain of salt. That's just the way the world works. So I'm walking away from this situation like, hold up. In one hand, when I'm dominant, I'm expected to give favor. Mm-hmm. But when things happen to me that are not favorable to me, I'm expected to deal. You don't see how imbalanced and imperfect that situation is? Well, it's, it's well, you don't have to be militant, son. Well, now you militant? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I just militant. thought you was you was answering a question. So how does that make you militant? And, but here, here's the underlying message of everything I just said. Okay. Sometimes you got to be careful with the 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 pacifists. It's not always the aggressive ones that sets up the 
you know, the chain reaction. It's not always the, the, the aggressive ones that have the toxicity. Sometimes it's the passiveness, because think about that. You're teaching a person to pacify their greatness while also teaching them to submit to nepotism. Capitulation, baby. One-on-one. <laughs> I mean, look, dude, I've always been the rebel. You've always been the rebel. And I say that and people are like, well, why are you making yourself the bad guy? Because that's the role that they put me in. And instead of crying to be the, the hero, I understand sometimes being the villain was just as best because, you know, mm-hmm. I had my own theme song, you know, <laughs> look, man, you have to uh, being black in America. Uh, it, it makes you it makes you tough. You know, it makes you who you are. And the pa- I, I really hate passive aggressive people. Because those are the snakes that you have to really watch out for. Uh, they always have that. They, those passive aggressive people always have or look for the opportunity to stab you in the back. And they always have the right place to stab you because they, they've taken a time to pull out that end card. Those are the Karens. Those are the barbecue Beckys. Those are the people who. You know, when they see a black man, they feel like they can con- they can call the police, the authorities on them because they know what they did. I, I, I mentioned it before. I've had it done to me several times in the neighborhood that I used to live in because this white girl didn't like the fact that I kept her at bay. No, you stay mm. over there. Mm. I don't want to have anything to do with you because, you know, first of all. I like to have my little drink in my home. I don't believe in drinking out in and walking down the street or drinking out in public like that. And it's a certain way that I expect to carry myself and a certain way that I expect women to carry themselves as well. And, mm-hmm. you know, I just don't get down like that. I'm a very private person. I don't let everybody in my business because my business is my business. White people, certain white people are just like certain black people. Some people feel like they just some looky lose and want to be in your business. And you have to say, Hey, <laughs> Uh, pump your brakes. No, thank you. I don't want to be invited to your family game night. I don't want to be invited to your barbecue. You know, you know, I think some people just like, Hey, I just want to have a black guy here so I can give him that nigger joke. No, there's no nigger oh jokes God. here. You know, oh, I, and, 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 and you know, that's, yeah, it's always that is one the, of them. Uh, you know, it is angel. Come on. That is it's the, that is the, that is the, what is that? That is the speed train. <laughs> that is the speed train to to get you know these hands put on you man because i don't i don't let people i don't believe in disrespecting people i don't let people in my circle disrespect anyone that they may if even if we have a problem with someone we keep that in house because right. i'm not that com- i don't hate i i don't want to be out in the streets having conflict with people you know i just like I'm like you so, to a certain extent. I just like certain point. You, you don't bother with people. You just, I, I've, and I respect that about you. You like, eh, whatever. And then you go on about your business and I respect yeah. that because that's a, that's yeah. what people don't understand. That's a lot of discipline to have. You don't care yeah, about but, what people may think about you. No, and if you don't I get don't. along with people, you just stay away from people. I adapted that strategy into my life that I just don't bother. You know, yeah, 
Because, you know what, man, I, I've, you know, thank God that he's blessed me with, you know, opportunities to learn and turn that knowledge into wisdom. Because, you know, at some point in life, man, you got to choose peace over petty. And that's my motto, peace over petty. Um, you know, there's a book I'm work, working on called Peace Over Petty. Because, you know, in my younger years, man, I think about e- even when you feel like you're right, but, you know, you take the petty way of, of responding to things you sacrifice your peace in the process and you just get to a point in life, man, where your peace has to be more important to you than anything else. Because, you know, after every transaction, every interaction, what you come back to at the end of a day is your peace. If that's interrupted, there is no victory that's worth it because you are now off balance. Well, that's a good segue, Angel. And, uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to stay on you because I want that book out. You have the myth of man and you have, what's this peace, pet, peace over petty. Peace over petty. Yes. Yeah, sir. And hopefully you mentioned the petty labels in that book as well. Oh, Minus me though. Don't some... call me petty labels. <laughs> when I play petty labels, it's a whole different subject. Bro. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm but talking that's a, petty, 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 not my remotes, brother. <laughs> Why doesn't this work? <laughs> yeah, that's the last place you check is the batteries. You'll sit up there and bang the remote on your hand. Bang it till you tear it up. <laughs> Yo, player, what's Tell you, dude. I'm well, on a brand new remote. It's a good segue. Because like, oh, I, I like ahead, the fact bro. that you said peace over petty. Now, we have the riots that are yeah. taking place in the United States of America in certain cities, all the way, even in Texas. All uh-huh. uh, all over because of what happened to George Floyd. I mean, the cop murdered him. These cops should mm-hmm. be put to death themselves. Yeah, I said it. Yeah. And that's what I, I, I do mean that well, because here's the thing. Yeah. They murdered the man. An innocent man mm-hmm. at that. You know, and you have a job to do. However, the peaceful protesters are being inundated by white radicals Mm-hmm. who are causing chaos in white radicals who are in FBI agents and police officers who are destroying property and blaming mm-hmm. it on black people. All right. I have a problem with that because you're hijacking yet another painful cause and making mm-hmm. it into a media rhetoric. Because the media only shows black people looting. Right. And I've seen numerous amounts, handfuls upon handfuls of white people out there doing the same thing. Right. Well, I I even seen a video where there was an undercover cop and they spotted him and confronted him. You know, he had a ski mask on and he was spray, spray painting on a wall, kill the cops. Yes. And, and I'm like, dude, see, this this is what people don't understand when uh, you get on social media and we try to, you know, and maybe social media is not the place to hold the conversation. But whatever you post things out there in social media, you always have, you know, people from other cultures say, well, you're, you're race baiting. I'm like, uh, you, you know, know, bringing up the conversation hey, is not race baiting. You hey, know you, what I mean? This conversation now, has to be heard, baby. A white cop uh-huh. dressed in street clothing. Yep, yep spray painting kill cops Mm -hmm. that's race baiting so Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. if we want to talk about it let's talk about it somebody put up a meme where it says uh a black cop shot 
uh, and and killed a white woman. He murdered. They put murdered, mm-hmm. and then they put um, something to along the, the extent that a Latino cop shot and killed a black man. But see, you you got to break all these scenarios down Word. because that that that's that pacifiveness, uh, pacifiveness, uh, pacifiveness. Sorry, pacifiveness. Yes, uh, of putting things all in one category and saying, well. You can't say this without saying that when they're two or the three are completely unrelatable. Mm-hmm. Now, in, in a scenario where it, it, there's going to be accidental shootings, there's going to be accidents that happen uh, where they, unfortunately there's, there's going to be a loss of life where, you know, it, it happens. We're not mm-hmm. talking about these scenarios. We're not talking about. You know, are there times when police have to to stop a a suspect and it ends in death? Yes. Not Mm -hmm. what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. When you have an unarmed civilian, and the reason why I say civilian, because this is a legal American citizen who has rights under the Constitution, which makes them a civilian. Right. 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 So when you have an unarmed civilian who is clearly overpowered. And at your submission, you choose to put your knee in his neck to suffocate him, to cut the oxygen off from his brain. Mm -hmm. He's not resisting arrest. What crime has a man committed that requires that type of interaction or that brute force? What? He's not running down the street, punching babies in the face. He's not kicking old ladies into the street like whatever. This was all. Let's not forget. This is all for an alleged forgery that he was accused of. Alleged. That he was accused of. Yes. So this is this. You didn't see. You didn't even witness this man commit a heinous crime. This is all for an allegation Mm -hmm. because it was an allegation. Mm -hmm. And we always talk about proven until uh, innocent Innocent until until proven proven guilty guilty. yes sir no if we're innocent until we're proven guilty why are we dying on the allegations well well because the white cops or non-black cops feel like they are judge jury and executioner which is illegal right and that's why i said they should be be put to death as well Pump my brakes by their books. Take them to that's the square and a, hang them. That, that's considered to be a vigilante, it, which is illegal. That's why I said by their books. Well, that's the whole point it, by their books. But it, what we're you always said, Angel, you create who you're asking the system to correct itself. It's almost asking the snake not to eat its own tail. Right. But the system is not broken. No, the, the system, system is not is, broken. The, 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 system the system is doing exactly what it was yeah. designed to do. Because they designed the system. They designed the exactly. system for them. They designed the system for us. Look, these jails will be these these penitentiary uh these 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 institutions, these pen pens that they want to put these uh, uh black men in, you know, mm-hmm. based off of the thirteenth amendment. You know, check that documentary out if you can. Uh, because it's it's deep. It's on Netflix. Uh, they're doing these things for the benefit of their business. But the point is, the dingo ate your baby. 
That is yeah. horrifying. Well, because you know, we are constantly we, dealing with these dingoes eating mm, our kids, eating our family. Dingoes, yeah. We're constantly dealing with these, and it's a rabbit situation that needs to be put to death. Look, man. Immediately. Immediately. What I want y'all to understand is, and I want black people to understand this as well. Those white people, those brown people, those people that are marching with you, peacefully protesting, do not overlook them. Show respect to them because all white people are not bad. All Mexican people are not bad. They're standing toe to toe to you. The world sees this and the world understands that this is an atrocity to to you. Because if if it's a, if they're able to continue to get away with you, they're going to go over to the next. So never overlook the brethren and the sisters that are riding with you because these are allies. But then be right. ready to check the foes. The system is the foe. The people who go around who think they can get away with this has to be put in check. And I, and I always say that I have love for everyone, not just one person I love, but I love my black people and I'm seeing so many of us are in pain. So many of us are hurting and we, we don't have an outlet. You know, we don't have someone to say it's going to be okay. So we have to pull ourselves up for from a country who never gave us a handout, who never did anything for us, and we have fought in these wars. We have built this country, and you look at us like we don't belong here. This is our home. The United States yeah, of America is our home. Yeah, and, and contrary to popular belief, I know a lot of people may get shook on this one. Everybody didn't come here off a slave ship, bro. No, brother, we are indigenous to this land just as just as we are this country. We are. We are this country. So do your history. Learn from what learn from your history and understand why this thing is continuing to repeat itself because we have not learned this lesson. You know, we had the honor of being on Kayla got the four one one. Uh, be able to speak on her podcast, the Black Panel, uh, podcasters, and it was it was therapeutic. But we had a common undertone. We're sick and tired of this. Yeah, we're sick and tired of this, and I want y'all to go back and I want y'all to listen to what my brother was saying about the kings and the queens. I want y'all to understand the passion of of being sick and tired of being sick and tired. Because it's one thing for someone to come to you and tell you that the dingo ate your baby. But what are you going to do about it? Mm. Well, yeah, you know, you made you made reference to the prison system, which, you know, this is how common racism is in this country. You have people who will complain about athletes and entertainers making ridiculous amounts of money. But we don't discuss why prisons are a private enterprise worth billions of dollars. 
Don't you think that's a little odd? Yeah. No, I don't think it's odd Not because it's, system, it's systematically made for them. It's look, man. It's systematically way it's made for them. You are, you said harsh, it, hey man, you said it, you said it best that how we need to check our dollars. We do. I mean, it, it, that until we do that, there. You know, look, we got to stop crying out in pain to the person that's hurting us because they know we're in pain because they're the one inflicting it. it mm-hmm. It's an that's look, dude. It, it's like being um, the stepchild in an abusive home. You have one parent that's extremely abusive. You have the other parent that's sympathetic to the abuse, but not not going to do anything to intervene. That's that, oh, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to stand up against racism when I see it happening. Oh, my dear, that's so terrible. But let me go back to my little bubble of comfort. I'm not going to stop it from happening, but I, I acknowledge that it's a terrible thing. Or then you got the kid who is the blood kid. In his eyes, mom and dad are the greatest in the world. He gets everything he asks for. He has a nice house to live in. So if you ask him about his childhood racism, what? It don't exist. No. If anybody is suffering, it's because they have the lack of will to get something done. So those are the levels that we deal with. People actually think that the ghetto exists because there's a group of black people who decided to go and populate the lowest of the city and just say, eh, I'm not going to try it life. This is the best I could do. And I'm like, do you really believe that in your mind that it is not a systematic process to create? Who do you think owns those housing units that are in such terrible conditions? The government. No, <laughs> what you say? They gave some the reservation, they and then they some. gave the others the plantation. Yeah, you know, and that's and that's where you know a lot of a lot of I, I don't want to step on a Native American people uh, toes, but yeah, all of y'all are not Indians. There are more black people that are Indians than y'all are. See, you got to understand. They gave the lighter skinned ones the reservation. They gave the darker skinned ones the plantation. Mm. Oh yeah, y'all want to go there? That I mean, I mean, we can go all there. I, all I can say, I remember my my grandmother's mother, and I remember distinctly what she looked like. Yeah, long long silver hair down the middle of her back. Mm-hmm. And I remember the stories that she used to tell about her tribe, and I remember the things that she used to pass on to us. Mm-hmm. But then I will look into these books, and I'm like, but why it, isn't that? The hmm. Indians look like grandmother, big mama. But then, but, but again, then we have someone like Johnny Depp who can claim that he's one quarter. That white boy is <laughs> one quarter of a white boy. Okay, I'm just saying, he's one bro. one quarter I'm just of, of, of a white. You know, I'm just, it's that's, just, that's like just it amazes it, me. It amazes me. Like it just like some of the things that people are willing to believe. Versus the things that they don't want to believe, it amazes me. Well, they hijacked like, the dude, Cherokee <laughs> Indians, they hide and the Blackfoot Indians. Like, you tell me that the Blackfoot Indians are white. So, but but he, but they say that they call them Blackfoots because they didn't wear shoes and the trail that they were on, their feet were dirty because they walked through the soot and yeah, the okay. That's what they say. Yeah, that's what but, they but say. But he, here's my thing. Here's my thing. Here's my thing. <laughs> What's right? up, baby? What's up? So it, it, 
Okay. So do you really believe that white people came to Africa and overpowered an entire nation and put hundreds of hundreds of men on slave ships that was just submissive and, and docile to the point that they were shipped here and put into slavery. Like you, you have to, <laughs> none of this makes sense to me. Well, you know, when you think of the power of a Mandingo warrior, none of this makes sense to me. The, like look, we it does are, it. we, you know, look, <laughs> I, the, it's the hey, story that they keep telling, but where did you get that story from? So I can go there. Even in Australia, oh, I, I, the aboriginals are black. So Asia too, and 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 in China and Asia, they hide their blackness. They do, they you know, really because do. you know, even though they, those statues, even though those statues be telling all the statues be telling on them. Why is his nose like that? Hey, wait, because wait, the artist was nearsighted oh, when he was sculpting it. But, but <laughs> Look, this man, predates y'all hate us, of years. but y'all steal everything oh from us. So I'm going to go ahead and say we are the originals. You know, man, you can check my pedigree, baby. It is what it is. But let me tell I, I you know how who I am, man. I know. Are. Look, me, we look let me, let me, on, on both sides of our family, on mom's side. Uh-huh. And on dad's side. Oh, yeah. Well, actually, well, actually excuse me. Let me, double let, me correct on mom. let me correct that. It's double on mom's side is. is yeah. Because he'll it forward. Right. I, I was I was thinking about mom's parents. Uh, yeah, because, yeah, yeah, yeah. Big Mama was straight up red skin. Yeah, red and, skin, and, like like red, red, and well, with uh, green eyes, I believe. And, and that's another thing is that on our father's side, you and I didn't have the pleasure of meeting our grandfather because he was he fell victim mm-hmm. to a racial lynching mm-hmm. that yeah. had a, a cop involved. Um, so when, when you hear people in, making sensitive comments about this thing and other, you know, it, it, it resonates differently, but let me, let me tell you how dope our people are. Mm-hmm. Our culture is mm-hmm. America is very lucky that we just want equality and not revenge. Right. Black people just want to be left alone. That's it. That's all we do. I don't care nothing about your 40 acres in the mule because you ain't going to give it to me anyway. Well, you're not going to give it to us anyway. And we've already proven that we have the formula to be successful if left to our own devices. Yeah, but see, that's what it is. Black Wall Street was real. Black Wall Street was never Black Wall Street was never taught in any educational facility I ever attend. I had to learn about Black Wall Street outside Mm. of that. Mm. But in what, what a lot of people won't tell you is that Black Wall Street was one of the most successful economies in the history of this country. What is Black Wall Street? Black Wall Street happened in Oklahoma, in a, in a town in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. It's where black people got together and they, they created their own little rural area. Economy. They had their own economy. They had their own banks, their own medical facilities, their own educational facilities. And there were small businesses up and down the street. They, were, they had their own farming systems, their own grocery stores. There was nothing that they needed to outsource from the outside. And you want to know what the, what the result of that was? They bombed it. They dropped bombs on it. The American government literally dropped bombs on an American city. Mm-hmm. So well, you when know, I hear people with say that we don't said, want- You know, it started with gunfights. 
Well, it also started with a with a white woman claiming that a black boy accosted her. That never happened. Never happened. They just needed a reason to be idiots. And this is where I'm saying about here. Here's where I say the dingo ate your baby. Because when the dingo ate your baby, what the hell did you do about it? Mm. I cannot bring my baby back. But does this dingo continue to live? (laughs) No, they go hunt for the dingo. See, the only thing that I have said is that peace be still or peace be still. Mm. Yo, man, look, you got to understand this. Black people are not weak. Not by any means. We are not broken. What you are seeing that we are sick and tired of being sick and tired. If you keep pushing and poking the bear, the bear will poke back. Mm. I promise you this. I promise you this, when black men, these young cats, stop buying Jordans and start buying bullets, stop spending your money into their economy, Mm -hmm. start getting ready to stay ready, stop playing the game, Police our own neighborhoods. Which is what the Black Panther Party was originally formed to do. These gangs stop selling that poison to our to our communities. Start holding your communities down. Start being a righteous person who have love for your culture, who have love for your people. Start working together. These cops won't come into your neighborhood with that mentality that they run in your neighborhood. No, they won't. You got to have a pass to come up here, homie. And this is the way it has to be. And it's something that you said. People are looking for leaders. Look, look dude, this is this thing is so big that we don't need one leader. We need leaders. We need a network of people who can come together and put your differences to the side for the greater good of the culture. Yeah, and I'm not talking about these whack celebrities. Or people looking for a photo op. Or a soundbite. No. I'm talking about need to be televised. black and brown people and white people who are on the same accord working together. Yeah. It's something that you said earlier at the podcast on the show. Stop mm-hmm. waiting for every four years to get involved into politics. Mm. Start understanding who is your local politician. Yep. Start realizing what I can do in my community to make my community better. And why do we not have community gardens in our community? That's my point. Yes. Let, let, let's unpack that a little bit. Because cool. here's the thing. There's judges that are elected to be judges in your city, criminal judges, defense judges, you know, uh, uh, prosecutors, 
you know, DAs, those people are there by election sheriffs, the controller, the, uh, the controllers, these people set forth laws and regulations that affect your everyday life. The person in the white house is the representation of this country. The he's the leader to a certain extent. However, the things that affect you directly in your city, your jurisdiction, those things are driven locally. And if you're not voting, it doesn't matter who you put in the White House. It does not matter. It doesn't matter if they're Democrat. It doesn't matter if they're Republican, which I think is a farce anyway. Um, to me, trying to argue to me that a Republican is better than a Democrat or vice versa is like trying to convince me that a stab wound is better than a gunshot. Like, Ouch. it's still a wound. Yeah, it, I don't you know, one. like, because when you look at every, you, you talk about the Republican party and, and uh, president Lincoln was a Republican, but what you fail to realize is president Lincoln wanted to free the slaves to export them out of the country. Did he felt like, okay, well, America's the established here now. with all the atrocities yeah. that we put upon him. Yeah. Either one day they're going to take us over or <laughs> they, they're going to be citizens that are going to take our benefits. So let's free them and get them out of the country. Abraham Lincoln wasn't a humanitarian that thought that he had a love for our culture or our people. No, I said, so, no, you know, none of them. Dude, mm, look, I've never seen stop, a white man. Doing that. That's why I don't, I don't care about seeing police officers hugging black men. I'm like, I don't look, bro. That's photo op to me. You yeah, okay, doing this so because you, you know what's about man. to pop off. You know what's you about to pop off, and I, like I but, like I'm trying you, to say, on. everybody, black men. But you won't tell. Do you not won't tell your crooked. I'm sorry, bro. It, it, you, I'm sorry. You will hug a black man, but you won't stop this crooked cop from killing a, a black man. That's what I'm saying, and this is what I have to say. My my public announcement PSA to all black men and all black women: Hold your emotions close to you. Calm your spirit. Be at one with yourself. They want to trigger these emotions out of you. But if you can control your emotions and have clear and calm minds, make decisive steps and moves and understand, hey, I'm not against the protesters, but understand that we need to fight this war for the long run, not the short game. I promise you, you will make a change. Right. I am more passionate than the next person. Anyone who knows me know I can go zero to Fed in 0. 0.0 seconds. However, going zero to Fed is not going to bring back my loved ones in the men and women that we have lost. However, if I channel that into a positive stream into my community to figure out what I need to do to make my community stronger, to make things better. Then I have decisively made moves that they have to counter. This is chess, not checkers. We need to be three steps ahead, not just one. So I say these things because I know how I feel. I'm mad mm -hmm. as hell. However, being mad is just one part of it. Mm -hmm. 
we got to be smarter. We got to be smarter. Because if the protesters, the peaceful protesters that are out there are being smeared by white radicals and some of the young heads that are not understanding what's really going on and causing conflict and chaos. You have to put order into chaos in order to understand where you want this thing to go. Chaos without chaos, without order is recklessness. And if you are continuing to be reckless, you're going to hurt the cause. And this is why white radicals can infiltrate because you are marching and asking for someone to change when they don't want to change. But then the white radicals come in, slide in and do damage, set these buildings on fire and the finger is pointed at you. We got to be smarter and we got to work harder. This thing is not going to happen overnight, but we have to make it happen every day and every night. So with that said, I turn this over to my baby brother for his final thoughts. Yeah, man. It's it's always, um, and, and, and shout out to Miss Kayla, got the 411. Thank you for the invite for that conversation and, and being able to speak amongst like-minded people who also had different opinions, but also um, able to have an intellectual conversation about, you know, those, you know, differences to seek understanding and, and um, you know, unity. Um, I, I have respect for everyone that was a part of that podcast. And hopefully we'll, we'll be able to continue to do things like that, you know, once a month uh, to continue to dialogue, because I think it's that important to keep it going. Um, even if Miss has to be the host and everyone takes turns hosting it, uh, let's keep that dialogue going. But to my final thoughts is this, um, you know, the, the hypocrisy of people who preach karma, uh, karma, you keep putting this negative energy out into this universe, whether you believe in God, whether you believe in Buddha, uh, whatever force that you believe in. You know, you, you also got to come together with the logic of energy. When you put it out there in the, in the world, there's a high probability that that negative energy is going to come back to you. When you stand silently and you watch people get murdered, you can't come preaching patriot, uh, being patriotic about this country. You can't tell people that you're going to make America great again when there's a particular group of people still losing their lives for unnecessary reasons. And I, and I know the first thing you want to do in your little bag of tricks is say, well, what about black on black crime? People black on black crime does not exist. That, that is a spin tactic. And yes, are there situations where one black person may commit a crime and the victim is black? Yes. That's not black on black crime. That's crime. But one thing you have to remember is that that person committing a crime nine times out of 10 is, is persecuted to the fullest extent of the law and they're in jail, prison, or sometimes even the death penalty. And they're serving that time. So you can't say that black on black crime is the rebuttal to armed police, civil servants who were are empowered to protect and serve abusing that power to end life. 
You can't protect and serve if you are stalking, harassing, and murdering. Those two, those three, that does not coexist together. That's, that doesn't work like a soup sandwich, and it's not going to work. No matter how good it sounds, it's just not going to work. It's silly. The problem, people, is that we've allowed government, we allow things to get so far out of control that we forget that they were established to serve the people, not the people to serve it. And whenever the institutions established don't do their job, they're supposed to be removed. The system has been in place far too long that has allowed people to get away with doing absolutely nothing when we see that there's something going on. One question came up on the panel, and it was a very sincere question. How do you have this conversation with your young black boys? And a lot of people tried to offer as much information as they could. But the consensus was, man, there's no blueprint to this. And the next part of that is, why are we the ones burdened to have to take the innocence out of our child's eyes and let them know, hey, son, no matter how awesome you are, no matter how smart you are, no matter how much we love you, one day somebody's going to make you a nigga. Somebody's going to take your innocence away. Somebody may threaten to take your life away just simply for the way that you look and what you were born into in a time where we're preaching about being liberal and accepting all these gender neutral transitions that nobody should be confined by what they was born into. You still have to contend with having dark skin because that trumps everything. Now, a man can go have a sex change and become a woman, and we have to respect the fact that he no longer wants to be referred to as a a man. Despite his DNA, we have to refer to him as a woman. However, you, young black boy, we're going to teach you that you have to respect this process. But we're going to contradict ourselves by saying, oh, you're black, though. So one day it's going to be okay for people to see that you're going to be a threat. That you may possibly have the potential to commit a crime. So we have to keep you in check. Right? The Minority Report, Tom Cruise movie, where we got to intervene before the crime happens. Right? Oh, okay. That's what we do. Okay. But see, even that is a joke. Even the war on crime is a joke. Yeah, you may snatch a young black boy that's been broken and lost off the street corner selling drugs, but I can assure you that young black boy doesn't have boats that are going to Cuba shoveling drugs from overseas to into this country. I'm sorry, did I say something wrong? Uh, Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure a young black boy may be in a gang and he has an automatic rifle, which is military issue. But I can assure you that this young black boy didn't have access to military grounds to get these illegal weapons on the street. You see, if you're going to look at crime, don't look at the surface. You need to look at the sources. Yeah, there's gang violence and there's things, this, that and the other. But we're not asking the right questions. We're too comfortable with saying, oh, those little black kids are going to kill each other. And, you know, they want to sell drugs and 
get women pregnant and not take care of their kids. That's what they do. See, it sounds silly when I say it like that, doesn't it? Because everyone listening to me know that when you look at your black son, that's not what you've raised them to be. Even your nephews and your cousins, you don't see that in them at all, right? Because they've taken the small portion of people that do something wrong and they've magnified it to make it the standard for us all. However, that same principle is reversed because when a cop murders an unarmed civilian, they won't, well, all cops are not bad. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, see, hold on now. First, you're going to tell me that if a black man snatches a purse in California, now the cops in New York got to stop and frisk because, hey, it was a black guy that committed this crime. So we all we all link to the same bad activity. But when a cop murders somebody, the first thing you want to say is all cops are not bad. Granted, all cops aren't bad. But let me explain something to you. Good cops don't sit silently while bad cops murder people. I said it. Um, there was this thing called a guilty by association. You want to know how I learned that? When I was a kid, my mom said, hey, don't let me catch you in the car with such and such. Why, mom? Hey, shut up, boy. Listen, don't let me catch you in the car with such and such because you know what he do. But I don't do that. It doesn't matter. If he gets pulled over and he has this, that, or the thor- or whatever in the car, and you're in the car with him, you're going down with him. But it won't be, it doesn't matter. It's called guilty by association. Let that sink in, people. You could pull a car over with four kids in there, four young boys. If one of them has possession, the whole car is going down for possession because it's called guilty by association. If you don't believe me, look at the statistics. They'll take an ounce of marijuana and charge four different teens for it. Guilty by association. So that's the way you process your law. But yet you can murder an unarmed civilian while there's six cops standing around. Freddie Gray got choked to his death while there was more than enough police officers to pull that officer off of that man who screamed that he cannot breathe to the point that his life left his body. So if I could be guilty by association, you just witness a public execution. Blood is not on your hands. Protect and serve. Well, the, well, well, the, the, the police is the law. They're the authority. No, they're not. They're public servants. Their job is to uphold the law, not to pull a young man over because he has a do-rag on. Well, take that do-rag off, boy. Uh. What did that have to do? Because I don't like it. I might think you in a gang and it makes me it makes me uneasy. And I might feel like you might try to do something wrong in this neighborhood. That's not law, guys. Well, if you just comply and and do what they say, then it'll deescalate the situation. Really? You really don't think that these people have an agenda regardless of your conduct? You could be. Yes, sir. No, sir. And guess what? you still find your face slammed on the hood of a car. You got any drugs in this car? Illegal contraband? You ever been driving down the street and you see a bunch of black boys sitting on the curb with their hand cuffed behind their back and the police is tearing their car apart and they didn't find anything? And then they drive off and then you got to pick all your stuff up and put it back into the car? They did everything they were supposed to do 
but look at how they were treated. So you telling me that as long as I comply with illegal activity, it should be okay. But yeah, you post posters all in my neighborhood. If I see something wrong, call Crime Stoppers and tell. Speak up whenever something's wrong. Speak up whenever you see a crime. Come on, man. Guys, the system is not set up. Tupac told y'all, we ain't here to survive because this is set up. We can't continue to fight a system that's doing what it was designed to do. You want to be drastic? That's what we need to do. Pull your economic dollars out of their system. And I mean to do it right now. Stop becoming a customer. The moment you stop being a customer, that's when you're going to start hurting them. As long as you fund their oppression, they're not going to stop oppressing. Do something drastic. All you churches and mega churches, hey, guys, pull all your kids out of their school systems all at the same time. Take them to church. Let's teach our kids at church. Oh, Angel, you don't know. I got to work. I get it. But hey, if you want progress, progress requires sacrifice. It's not going to happen in a position of comfort. You're not going to get to live your comfortable life and produce change. Guys, it's 2020. We've been showing this country for hundreds of years. We just want to be left alone. Has it changed anything yet? Contrary to proper belief, Martin Luther King's last, last speech wasn't, I have a dream. His last speech wasn't about integration. His last speech was filled with regret because he said, I fear I have integrated my people into a burning house. Martin Luther King also said, buy property, buy real estate, start your own businesses, start your own schools, get out of their system, because as long as we're integrated into their system, they're going to control the narrative, and the narrative is never going to favor us. All right, family, I appreciate you letting me vent that out. I've been long-winded on this one, but you could probably understand why, because this is a subject that doesn't require glit and glamour. This is not a subject that we could take lightly. We have to speak the truth. And if it offends you, I don't know what to tell you. Maybe you're not listening from the angle you should be listening from. Because all I'm telling you is what it is. It's the truth. We got to start doing things on a drastic measure. This is too big for one leader to step forward and get the changes we need to have change. We need to build teams. One team focus on financial strategies. One team focus on educational strategies. One team focus on real estate development. One team focus on healthcare. One team focus on retirement recovery. One team focus on the youth transitioning out of all these systems that keep oppressing us. Master is never going to see you as an equal member and invite you to the table. I don't care how good you clean master's house. You're still there at a domestic capacity. You're not part of the family. Well, thank you, boy. Go on back out back now. Go on back out back. Imagine that, dude. Imagine watching your grandfathers build a country that has spit in his eye. Imagine watching your uncles and, and, and your fathers fight for a country and couldn't even get a cup of coffee and told that you're just a lazy nigga. <laughs> okay. 
My warning to y'all is this. I never be a voice to entice violence. But I'm going to tell you this. This is something that is true and factual. Enough is enough. And you better be careful what you say. And you better be careful what you create. Because one day, we may start becoming what you say we are. And if that happens, <laughs> we'll see how comfortable you be. Go ahead, big bro. Well said, baby brother. Hey, I love you, man. Uh, I always appreciate the gems that you drop. For the listeners, I, I thank you for tuning in to Miss Talks Podcast. And one last time. <laughs> the dingo ate your baby. Right. This has been Miss Talks Podcast. May I speak sincerely with your host, Angel and Walter LeRae. I am the poet Walter LeRae, and that is my dope co-host. Angel. It's time to wake up, people. It's time for us to do what we need to do. Don't march. Don't just march. So much more work to be done. God bless everyone. We love y'all. Peace. Yes, before you touch that dial. Oh, let's remix this in. Remix it. Okay, folks, this is an extended remix mix of the Miss Talks podcast. Um, I have one of my, my dear and close friends, Brianna, on the line, on the phone with me. Brianna, how you doing, love? Very good. How you doing today? I'm doing. You know, there's a lot going on in the world. Um, you telling me, man. <laughs> <laughs> right? You know, we did a show today, you know, um, that we're going to drop on Wednesday. And, and I actually want to mix this in as well because the title of the show is The Dingo Ate My Baby. Or excuse me, correction. The Dingo Ate Your Baby. And that's my my horrible accent, but it's roughly entitled "The Dingo Ate Your Baby," and this this is something that really did happen in Australia once before a dingo ate a young lady's baby, and I liken it to the situation of black men being killed in America. Uh, the question is, and I want to define this: is what is white privilege? Is is that the question that we want to get out in the in the air? Yes, it is. Because I want clarification or an explanation just because I'm a woman and I just want to know legit something besides a dictionary. Well, I don't I don't really have all the answers, um, Brianna. All I have is as a black man, I can tell you that the system that is set up in place right now is not designed for black people, even if some black people are not dealing with the atrocities that are going on in the world. This is something that some one of us that you know that are dealing with this. For instance, a young white man can go into a church with a semi-automatic weapon and kill a bunch of black people who are in church that are praying, that are worshiping. And this young white man gets to go to Burger King before he goes to jail. Wow. So I don't have the answer of white privilege, but I can paint some broad strokes of some pictures of why black people are sick and tired of being sick and tired. If that makes sense. It does. I, I get that reference to black people are, and I guess because I'm not a black man that, or even a black male, because some people 
as children are experiencing it. And maybe because I don't have children and I don't have a black male husband either, that maybe that's why I'm not seeing what everything is happening to everybody. Right. And I respect that. I mean, like I said before, I'm a respectful person to all people, white, black, brown, indifferent. It doesn't matter if you are a respectful person or if you're a person, Hey, I got love for you, but excuse me, as a black man, I think what I'm trying to say is that we just want to be left alone and able to live our lives and, and be in, in society to do what we do. Uh, disenfranchised, you, you're, you're, you're taking away, you, things are taken away from you, your liberties, you know, freedoms. You don't have that in America, but our people built this country. Black people are not just in the ghetto because we want to be in the ghetto. That's the things that you, the scraps that they left us. My brother Angel said that earlier on the podcast. But what I'm trying to I get. I agree with him on that. Yeah, but what I'm trying to get as well is that out of all the negative things that has been bestowed upon us, yet we still rise. We still stand up. We still make tremendous strides in the communities, in this world, education, finance, whatever it may be, we're going to strive. But the playing field has not been even, nor has it been equal. And that's not a gripe. But when you start killing my people, that's a major complaint. So we don't have to be a black man or be married to black people to really understand what is going on. And white privilege is the system is set up for to benefit you. I've even heard Donald Trump make America great again, signifying these things to let white people know, make white people great again. Well, okay, this, I want to touch on that too. Go for we'll it. We'll circle back to it. Go, go, well, go for it. I didn't see him as saying, making it better for white people. I saw it as we need to be a functioning country as a whole to, if you don't have a job, Make one because there's probably somebody who doesn't have that life skill that you do. There's like he's rich, but he's not trying to say our country needs to give people handouts. He's saying you need to help yourself because each president gives every other president crap. Like it's like here, here's a turd covered in glitter and this is going on your desk and you need to figure it out. So they kind of, it's, that's why every president pretty much gets two terms because they've got to fix whatever they were handed when they got inaugurated. Then they've got to fix everything that they promised or people aren't going to vote for. So how do they do that? They have to push it towards the end of their first term. So then you got to elect them for their second term. Because right now, he wants to make this country great, but we're stuck. Because we are not cycling any money. There's not people working. We've got this disease going on that magically, just like Ebola, disappeared for a weekend. And it's like, 
we need to be great. We need to have our pride. And that's the one thing that we are completely lacking. No pride. There's gimme, gimme. I'm fine with that. There's no pride. No, you know, we used to, America's the best. It's like now if you say you're an American, it's like you feel like you're ashamed to go to another country. Okay. Because they think we're these evil people. Right. Now I'm going to have to get you, you know, respectfully, (laughs) I I respect for you, but now I'm going to have to blast you a little bit. Oh yeah, I I know you think. And I I want you to, I want you to take these lumps with love (laughs) because you're my homie. So I'm going to be real, real nice with you. First and foremost, I wasn't a big fan of uh, President Obama, and but I have I have the utmost respect for Barack as well. Uh, with that said, yeah, you have a certain point that you are 100% correct about the president has to do this and has to do that. But Donald Trump inherited a lot of good things that Obama did. And a lot of good things that Obama tried to do, he was fought with for the eight years that he was in turn. You know, he had to fight against they they backed the Republicans, pushed on every good thing that he wanted to do. There was no bipartisanism. So, you know, I have to say these things because it's true. Uh, when you say that Donald Trump is saying make America great again, what America? There's there's two there's two this is a tale of two cities. And there's there's white people who believe that their way of life is going to be damaged because every other minority is thriving. And there's white people who believe my life is okay as long as I'm, I am not black. So the rhetoric that I say about what Donald Trump was saying, and I know there's plenty of sound bites to, to back me up. He's not always saying make America great again for everyone. And one day I'm going to take time and I get those sound bites for you. Cause I know that you don't, you know, you don't really pay attention to the news as well, but not one time have I seen any leadership coming out of this president in a time of turmoil, in a time of atrocities. I have yet to see him say anything as a world leader, let alone the leader of the United States of America. I want y'all to let that sink in the United States of America, which means we're supposed to be united as one. I have yet to see that. So the turmoil that you're seeing and God forbid, but yet let me go back to the COVID-19, which could have been prevented in the United States of America. When he got wind of it, your president, when he got wind of it in January, which means that he's probably known about this in November that this thing was going down. So that's when you supposed to shut the borders down. That's when you curve the travel because it's best to be ahead of it than to try to make up from it later, which when you halfway close the economy and I do mean it was been, it's been done halfway. Mm-hmm. Then the suffering hurts the middle class and the poor. The only people, not only that, you send out a, a you send out a stimulus check, which is your money in the beginning, and it's it's hush money. Because the big money has went to the other businesses who really don't need it, yet there's some business businesses that did not get it. 
So when we talk about this president with the certain passion that we have, please understand that we have the right to feel the way that we feel because he is not a president that's leading his country to greatness. So when you talk about the other countries looking at America, they look at the president first before they look at us. You're absolutely right. That's why part of me believes that I know the disease was not made up, but if you ever like watch a bunch of the travel shows and stuff, when other people go there and do YouTube videos that as densely populated as some of the Eastern Asian countries are, they're wearing masks all the time. And even the ones who've been here for being refugees or they've gotten their citizenship here and they came from China, they still wear masks on a daily. And it's like, how can we be sure that was something that was helping? Because at first they said uh, heat. Then they said cold. Then they said sanitize everything. And people who were sanitizing everything were basically killing all the bad germs that you need in your immune system. And we're getting sick staying in their house with everything bleached in their house. So they don't have an answer to what may cure or kill. I mean, they came up and said it was in semen. Then they said it was in uh, people who are anemic wouldn't get it. And now they don't know. And now it's... But the way the media is scaring people is we don't get the test results back until another good 72 hours. So that means whatever numbers they're giving was seventy-two over 72 hours ago, like over the weekend, like Mother's Day weekend when we had that little spike. That was Mother's Day weekend, which means we didn't get the test results back for 96 hours. Right. But they're scaring people like, oh, it just happened yesterday. You got the numbers in yesterday, mm-hmm. but they were for last week. Right. We're, we're behind the eight ball. We, we're so far yeah, behind and, people and, are, and we keep scratching on, on the cue ball. So I, I understand. But yeah. this is the reflection of lack of leadership, Brianna. This is not the reflection of, you know, look, if the test were put into place, if you shut down the economy, shut it down. Okay, quarantine. I, I, last time I checked, we were still under quarantine. Yet I see people protesting. But this is the this is the results of lack of leadership. This is this is the exact results of a situation when you have pushed and pushed and pushed, and people are fed up. They already got cabin exactly. fever, and then you murder an innocent man, man, because like we're innocent until proven guilty. And this is let's go back to white privilege. White privilege is is what they're doing. White privileges is saying that, you know, I can kill you and I'm going to get away with it. Like Amber Geiger murdered Botham John and only got a slap on the wrist. See, this is white privilege. And this is something that the system is set up. She's a woman. It, it doesn't most, matter. Everybody is going towards men, but I'm glad. Well, it's, everything, everything is going towards a black man. 
because they demonstrate the black man like we're nothing. And I, mm-hmm. who happens to be one, tells you that we're more than just what you say we are. We're highly intelligent. Highly intelligent. We are providers. We love our people. We're not out there just robbing people, knocking people in the head, stealing, raping, and killing. There are more white yeah. women. There's more white men who commit rape than black men. But you don't. That. You don't see that data. No one sees the data. But they. But I guarantee you, what the media is going to spit to you, black on black crime, which is a farce, because white men commit just as many crimes as black men. But you don't hear them say white on white crime. That's white privilege. When you can smudge the numbers, when you control the narrative, and you're driving people to ask questions of what is white privilege? Yeah, because I seriously wanted to know because we only see what the media wants us to see. And that's why you got to open your eyes. And see what they you need to see. These headlines. You can't right. be led. They you pull. can't be led by them. You can't. You can't look. I, I started in journalism. I understood what journalism is, and journalism is consider your source. That's one on one. You are only good as your source. And I got out of journalism when it got tabloidish, and I understood that it was a difference that was going on because people were more involved and engaged into drama messy little drama but also propaganda the one who is controlling the narrative does not make him right it just makes you read what's going on right now that's why I say you got to open your eyes you got to communicate you got to study your history you got to learn from your mistakes you got to learn that black people are not just indigenous slaves we're not just slaves coming from coming from africa we have been indigenous to this land this land is not just a white man's land this is our land it's every one of us white black brown all of us and until we stop this nonsense and learn how to work together this is what they don't want us to do they don't want blacks and browns to communicate They don't want white and black to communicate. They don't want white and brown to communicate because that changes the narrative. And when you are able to change the narrative, you control it. And we have got to get out of that construct. And you're exactly right because they want everyone to still stay segregated. As much as they're like these laws have passed and integration's here and everything's good, but in actuality, they still want it to be how it was hundreds of years ago. Because if they keep everybody separated, mm-hmm. they can control each group. Yes. Classify and, each group. And, and I mean, what, that's really sad to say because there's smart black men. They're smart white men. They're smart. Like everybody, there's geniuses everywhere. Smart people. We're, we're all people. We're all human. Yeah. We're and all human. My, and you might have said this to me, or maybe I read it somewhere, but I always say this. A person is smart. People are stupid. And Word. it's always, yeah, 
Exactly. Like, no, if you preach think on about it. it. Yeah. Because if one little something trickles, all the people flock to it. Except for that one person that's really smart. That's like, I'm going to research this. I'm going to check this out. I'm going to find out the truth behind it. Because I want to know. I want to have facts. I don't want to go by some story. Like, a, here's, a, here's a media example. Uh, there was a story that came out about companies charging a COVID tax, but also calling it like a, a surcharge. So you could see the whole thing. It just said surcharge, right? Right. So the local news from my hometown posted this story. Mm-hmm. What's so your hometown left, for the listeners? Your hometown? Uh, College Station, Texas. Okay, what's up? What's up, Texas? So represent. their local news mm-hmm. wrote, well, they spread this story. So then when you read it, it's basically all the states that pay state income tax, which Texas is mm-hmm. not one of them. Mm-mm. So that had people in an uproar of like, well, I'm not going out to eat. And I'm not going to do this. And I'm not, I'm like, that's good for you. Just like with tipping, like, I think I went on a whole nother tangent with the tipping, the tipping thing, because now there's tipping pools, you mm-hmm. get a participation trophy. So even if you're a horrible server, mm-hmm. you still get money because somebody else who went above and beyond to do their job got a $50 tip and you got nothing because you already knew just because you showed up. And mm. you did your little hours, you getting a piece of their money. Right. And I hate that everything's participation related. We used to have to work for stuff as kids, well, as we adults. Still do. There yeah, was no. Yeah, you're right. You're you right. You showed up. And I hate that because now that's making everybody weak. Like, if we look back on people with like mental disorders, like anxiety, uh, like, I have like claustrophobia so like I don't like being in big crowds but Mm -hmm. if I'm listening to music when I'm grocery shopping or I'm talking to somebody on the phone the whole time Mm -hmm. then that puts a blinder on to everything that's around me which I'm fine Mm -hmm. but now that it's become so like this younger generation of like oh my god I'm scared of this or oh my god I don't like people people scare me and then boom they get disability and then there's somebody who's born with a deformity, abnormality, or uh, maybe born autistic or something. They get pushed down the list to get the assistance from the Social Security than somebody who's like, I'm 27 and I can't work anymore because I'm anxious and I'm scared to go outside. Right. Because well, they participated in life, they get something. And I hate that. Right. It should not be that way. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, you know, it takes my my co-host to really, you know, dab into that one. He he'll have a field day with this conversation. Um, I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, Angel is Angel. He 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 really get lit on this one. But you know, your your family. I, I got more uh, mad love for you, uh, Brianna. It's not. It's it's never anything uh, to be disrespectful, and that, and that's what I want the listeners to understand. We don't have to agree on everything, but we are people that we can respect one another and we can learn from each other. 
You know, and that's what I want white people to understand. When I say white privilege, that's not a direct insult to you. What I am saying is that the system is set up in your favor. And because the majority of people that are running things are white people. But black people can run the show just as well. We can control our own economy. We can run our own commerce. So at the end of the day, when I talk about the dingo ate your baby, I'm talking about the senseless murders of black men and black people, women and children. We have to, we, we can allow, we cannot allow this to be everyday uh, society for us. It, it cannot be this nightmare because I don't do murder porn. I don't like watching a police officer hold his knee on the neck of a black man who has begged for his life, said that he cannot breathe, that he is in pain. And this dude nonchalant in his, in his actions with his hands in his pockets, applying pressure to suffocate this man out. That breaks my heart. That breaks my heart into millions of pieces, but I am not the one that's going to shed a tear. I am the one that's going to draw his sword. And when I draw my sword, I have drawn the line that enough is enough. We don't have to like each other. We don't have to love each other, but we have to have some type of respect because this small little planet that we live on, we're on it together. If you don't like black people, stay away from black people. If you don't like white people, stay away from white people. If you don't like brown people, stay away from brown people. But guess what? You can't even be in a quarantine to stay in your freaking house long enough for this COVID-19 to kind of curve. Yet you're still out having parties and, and out like it's a farce. Like it don't matter. Because no one has respect a person. See, this is a human problem. This is a people problem, not just a black person's problem. This is everybody's problem. And until we wake up and stop pointing the fingers and trying to democratize the black culture, the black man and the black woman and the black kids and the black race, period, then we have a problem. Houston, we have a problem. And until you wake up and understand that what you are doing is wrong, then this thing is going to get worse before it gets better. And I did mention something about that. It's like people are rioting, but what they don't understand is everything they're destroying, like these police precincts, we technically own the people because they're public servants, which means the tax dollars pay for that. Uh So while they're out here burning them down and destroying them, they can't get mad when city taxes start piling up because they've got to rebuild these police precincts. Well, here's the thing about that. And I'm, I'm, I'm again, I'm going to agree to disagree because I don't believe I, I, I too don't believe in destruction because I said it before on another podcast, if we burn everything down, then where we're going to go. 
But the problem, the, the one thing that you said about being public servants, a public servant doesn't give you the right to be judge, jury, and executioner. Does not. And that's why I beseech my brethren and my sisters to stay calm. I know that you are hurting. I know that you are in pain. I understand. I really do. The premises of the dingo ate your baby is to let you know that it's time to deal with the dingo. But how you deal with the dingo is not rioting. It's not destruction. Everything is calculated because this is chess and it's not checkers. They expect to draw negative emotions out of you. They expect you to be hurt and acting out of anger. But when you can manifest that anger into something positive, I'm telling you, you're going to change the game. I'm not talking out the side of my neck. I'm not talking out the side of my neck. And you're right, sis. It is going to change the world. But we have got to harness our pain. And I, I say, and I, and I mentioned it to my brother. He said, yeah, black fathers feel the same pain. I said, yes, they do. But the woman, she carries the baby with her for nine months. And she births the child into the world. And for someone to come to the mother and say, the dingo ate your baby has got to be horrifying. We are in a living nightmare, people. We are in a living nightmare. When the Titans awaken, all hell is going to break loose. So white people, brown people, black people, this is your wake up. It's time to wake up. So with that said, Brianna, I want to thank you for being my guest on this sub show of Miss Talks Podcast. And we really appreciate you. Let's give a round of applause for Miss Brianna. I appreciate it. We got to have you back. I like your difference of opinions. I respect you. I got love for you. And I thank you for being on Miss Talks Podcast. Thank you, Miss Brianna. Thank you. My pleasure. With that said, people, this has been an extended mix of Miss Talks Podcast. We got so much to get into. We're definitely going to have Miss Brianna back on the show. You know how we do it. Miss Talks Podcast. May I speak sincerely with your host, Angel and Walter LeRae. I am the poet, Walter LeRae. And my dope co-host, Angel, we will be back with you. Thank you, Miss Brianna, once more, love. Thank you, thank you. You know what it is. This is time I spread these two fingers apart, and I'm going to shake a deuce at you. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to Miss Talks Podcast. May I speak sincerely with your hosts, Angel and Walter LeRae. If you would like to be a part of our show or if you have any suggestions and topics that you would like us to speak on, 
please feel free to reach us at mistalkspodcast at gmail.com or you can follow us on Instagram. Just search Miss Talks Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Let the journey begin.